Hello and welcome to Nikkei Report, your weekly roundup of all the latest Nikkei news and all other photographic announcements that we found interesting. It's Constantine here. And this is Becky. All right, let's get to it. Uh, Nikon ZA came out. It did. We're still talking about it. Exactly. Um, but we do have some news on RAW support. So both Capture One and Adobe RAW now support Z8 RAW files. Yeah, so they basically support them out of the box. Now, so what's interesting now, that a part of SDR, which is standard dynamic range, Nikon also has HLD, which is hybrid log gamma setting for their still images, not just for video, because for video it was normal. Yes. Now we have it for still images. And Lightroom at this stage opens those files in SDR mode instead of HLD. So, right. so that's something that probably Adobe will need to update for their Adobe RAW. But it seems like Capture One offers all the tethering functionality and live view settings that they offer for their Z9 camera. So I think it's good to have that support on day one. Yes. So I guess on 25th, which is official launch of the camera, we will see all the software updates from Nikon as well. Now, for some of you who are looking to read Nikon Z8 manual, it's not up yet, but we do have a technical analog guide available for you to read, which is fun. And they also updated the analog 3D LUT, which is a lookup table, to version 1.05, which added support of Z8 camera. That's very exciting. Now to some hot news of Nikon Z8 overheating apparently that is all the rage on the internet right now people do find something to complain about the camera so Nikon Z8 overheating is apparently something that everyone talks about on every corner of the YouTube it's funny isn't it what was it when the Z9 came out there was something that everyone was talking about there is always something and then when yet. the Z6 II and Z7 II came out there was something else that everyone was talking about so now it's this Z8 overheating so we have a few articles slash YouTube videos for you to look at in case they're of interest. The first is by Rishi. So Rishi's video says Z8 does it overheat. 8K, 60 frames per second raw, depends on the memory card. The clue is in the name of that video. It depends on the memory card. We also have a video by Matt Irwin who said overheat in high raw and more video question mark. He said think power delivery. So there are a couple of approaches to this. We've been doing our own tests as well. We can confirm it is entirely dependent on your memory card and how you're using the camera. But for day-to-day -day scenarios, in fact, even for not day-to-day -day scenarios, you're probably not going to experience an overheating. Well, I was trying to record 8K 60 frame analog and raw in my oven, and that's overheat for some reason. <laughs> the oven overheated. Yeah, it was 180 degrees with fan, but it's one of the things that's... Okay, we have a Z9, mm. it's a bigger camera, so the heat dissipates definitely a lot faster. Yes. So in a bigger camera, it allows for that. Now, Z8 is a smaller body. And what's interesting point that one of you has made, that carbon fiber that they use actually allows the heat dissipation and that they had to redesign the top of the camera just to allow for that. Yes. Now, there are always extremes. And NRAW, 8K and 60 frames per second is the extreme of the camera. It's, it definitely requires a lot of data and the camera heats up. Now, how many of you have a memory card that will allow to record a one hour at this setting in one take? Probably not many. A small number, I would say. We shoot, obviously, stills and video every single week, week in, week out. We produce content in 4K for this channel, usually. And our memory cards, even then, the biggest card we have, I think, is 325 gig. And that, you managed to do how long of 8K? Seven minutes and 30 seconds. Right, so there was no 
chance that we were going to get near an hour of constant recording no. with that. So, You'd have to have a colossal memory card. Exactly. So for this test, what I actually did is I formatted the card and I pressed the record button again. And I did about four or five times. We will publish all the results later on. What I did differently from Richie is he had the monitor, the LCD, slightly pulled out of the camera. Mm -hmm. And I had it all the back into the camera. From theory, technically, if the LCD is right next to the camera, then the heat should dissipate a bit less compared when slightly out. So what's the difference is, is for you to find out once we publish our results with it. But I just thought, let's just have it on try, but everything packed in, all the slots are closed and record some footage. So what I also find out that the other two memory cards that I have, and in this case it was Integral 512 gigabyte card as well as Alexa 128 gig card at thousands megabytes per second writing speed, those cards didn't work at 8K 60 frames per second. So they would stop recording after two or three seconds. Then I try 8K 30 seconds. Yeah. And the Alexa card was actually fine. Yeah. And the Integral, which on paper has faster writing speeds actually only record for about 20 seconds and stop so choose your memory card choose the capacity and also maybe read some reviews on the memory cards you buy how hot they run because as Richard has in his video in some cases with Lexa cards the memory card warning came up first than the camera warning yeah so it was the hot card warning before the hot camera warning exactly and with Delkin cards mm. actually the hot camera warning came up first and then the memory card warning. So that will make a lot of difference. So yes, the camera will overheat if you push it too hard, but for general use or 4K recording, you're gonna be absolutely fine. There are no perfect cameras in the world. And if you need to record at 8K at 60 frames per second, there are cameras that will allow you to do that. And maybe it is worth spending that a little bit extra to get a camera that you need. In Nikon case, it will be a Z9 camera, I personally think that it's way overblown. Yes, if you're a videographer, then get the camera that you need and you'll have a budget for this. From a realistic point of view, 8K, 60 frames per second, how many people will need this? I would say probably a small amount. I'm sure you'll correct me in the comments below. Just let's be realistic. How many of you will need that feature? And how many of you will be happy with the cameras it is? Yes, good. Moving on from the naysayers to a delivery situation. So Nikon deliveries in Japan, apparently they've already started or are at least assessing the situation in Japan. Our sales start date doesn't actually officially begin until the 25th of May, so we can't really tell you anything about the UK side of things, but they have said that the first batch is sold at all major Japanese retailers. Nikon Direct, Yodabashi Camera, Map Camera, Camera Kitamura and Bic Camera all no longer have the delivery on release date sign, which means that they've sold out their pre-orders essentially. Yeah, so first batch is sold out effectively. Someone told us that Richie said that 12,000 cameras are made. So I haven't heard Richie saying this, but someone's mentioned on the internet as they do. So assuming that the first batch sold out and we only have the Japanese figures, mm -hmm. you know, and then Nikon Direct in this case, which is Nikon Direct Japan, put out the statement on that due to overwhelming demand, blah, 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 you know, you have to wait. Please understand as all Japanese companies do, just like Nintendo. Mm -hmm. So that means, that first of all, we have more cameras mm -hmm. compared to Z9. I think Z9 was about five and a half or six thousand cameras. Could be wrong on it that. It was not enough. Exactly. So now we have more than that, and it's also sold out. So it seems that the demand for this camera is quite high. It is, and we can definitely testify to that. What they've officially said is they've received a lot more orders than expected. It may take some time to deliver. Thank you very much. 
stay safe out there. Go take some pictures. Your camera is in the safe hands of Nikon Delivery Logistics Department. Now, we're finally starting to get some field tests. From the camera, a lot of people getting review samples. We did receive ourselves. I think with this release, Nikon definitely learned Z9 release, you know, and all the, you know, took some lessons out of it. So now pretty much everyone on the internet get the camera to review. And this is nice. Among the YouTubers and all those guys, mm -hmm. actually professional photographers get the cameras as well. It's great. So for example, we got Marcel von Usten, who basically had camera for some time now and what does he say, Becky? He says, the conclusion is a predictable one. The Z8 is a mini Z9. It is virtually the same as the Nikon flagship camera, only smaller, lighter, and cheaper. Surprisingly, the biggest differences are on the outside. On the inside, where it matters most, things are virtually the same. Even the maximum frame rate is exactly the same. If you wanted a Z9 but couldn't afford one or thought it was too big, the Z8 will be the perfect alternative. Well-balanced, as powerful as its bigger brother, but in a smaller package. My only negatives are the design design and batteries on the optional grip and the fact that there is no space for two CF Express cards. Other than that, it's near perfect. The waiting list is going to be very long. That's true. I've seen some complaints about what Z8 is and it's not the camera for me. It's the new trend on the internet. Z8 is not camera for me. If you want to get the clicks, definitely release a video like this or an article, <clears throat> DP review. So yes, Z8 is not the Z9, but the easiest way to explain it is as me is at nine. The difference is between the cameras and the, there's a reason why camera costs 4,000 pounds, another one five and a half thousand pounds. For that, there's plenty of reviews out and comparisons. So do have a look on it online. But realistically, yes, for a lot of people, who don't need those extra performance of the Z9, and we're talking about single digit percentage in terms of this, then yes, the Z8, for me, I think the major drawback is maybe two memory cards slots that are not CF Express. I think that's probably, you know, I saw complaints about LCD or viewfinder, EVF not being very high resolution. For me, they're absolutely perfect. They're well-built resolutions there, superb frame rate is there, video capabilities for most people is absolutely perfect. And then, yes, yeah, CF Express, I can see if you are recording to dual memory cards at a fast frame rate, that's where Z8 will definitely struggle compared to Z9. Mm -hmm. But everything else, obviously with the small little details is more or less the same. Now, for those of you who were wondering if the Z8 will replace out your D850, Matt Owen produced a great video. It's quite long, it's very detailed, and it's called Z8 versus D850. Let's size them up. So he goes through all the differences. He also goes deep dive into the different types of sensor, why 45 megapixels has become the kind of sweet spot, and a whole bunch of other stuff, compares it with other brands and you name it, it's in there. So do have a look at that if you're interested. So we, we did a comparison ourselves and the video is gonna be out hopefully soon. What are your thoughts? Is the Z8 a true replacement of the 850? I would say that it has all the things that we know and love from the D850, but better. So in a short word, yes, I do think it's a true replacement for the D850 in Z format. There's always going to be people who wanted something more, but that's okay. That's okay. You can want something more. But in terms of a, a logical replacement, I do think that that's where it's at. Yeah, if we just look at the resolution, yes, on paper, they all have the same resolution, but... Watch Matt's video if you want watch, to know why. Exactly. Watch those 15 minutes where he goes, he's diving deep into that. But there's so much is going on under the hood. Even the sensor itself, it's a, you know, it's a stuck sensor. The readout is much faster. If 
sensor itself is on the sensor. It's not some sort of AF sensor which goes under the mirror. There's a lot of improvements that are quality of life improvements, first of all. Mm -hmm. But also, I was thinking about it the other day. You know, we if you're going to have a watch analogy, yeah, so we have manual watches. And for this, I'm thinking manual cameras, film cameras like, let's say, Nikon F, mm -hmm. you know, or Nikon F3, you know, mm -hmm. it's just fully mechanical. You know, you don't even need to have a battery if you don't have a light meter and all this. That's right. So that's a manual watch. Now we have Casio watches with electronic screens and everything, mm -hmm. you know, and if you think of, if you look at the D850, we have this focusing points mm -hmm. and we have air sensor underneath and it's not the full area. Mm -hmm. So that's what we have. You know, we have this kind of, you know, Casio watches, etc. You know, I know it may be not a perfect analogy, but bear with me. And then we have Apple watch or let's say a smartwatch where now we have everything which is designed around the software. And if you think about mirrorless design, mm -hmm. a lot of it is to do with the software. You know, so autofocus system is on the sensor now. You suddenly, instead of optical viewfinder, you actually see the eye tracking which can move across the whole sensor. It's miraculous, you know, really. A lot of those little things, like before, let's say, you wouldn't be able to have a focusing point right on the edge of your viewfinder, mm -hmm. you know, because AF sensor installed there wouldn't allow for that. It's mainly in the middle. So, like, that's where my allergy comes from. Like, a lot of it is software. And those benefits for day-to-day -day use are huge. It doesn't mean that you can't take pictures or tell time. Yeah. With an older watch or camera, like D850, they still produce fantastic results. But the technology is there now, and it definitely makes your life easier as a photographer, especially for, let's say, extreme fast-moving subjects. Mm. You know, where you press the button and you just take the shots and, you know, camera does everything for you. Yeah, they all tell the time, they all take pictures, but you get these extra improvements that make life easier. How my analogy is not fit for that, let me know in the comments below. <laughs> anyway, but I think if you, fit, if, you, if you listen to what I'm saying, you will get the gist of it. I got, I got it. I got what you're saying. Exactly. Totally. It's the same with any, any technology improvements, really. I mean, a typewriter will still type a book, but... Obviously, a MacBook Pro will, <laughs> will also type a book. So here's my analogy of the typewriter and Nikon T850. <laughs> Typewriters like Nikon F. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and so here's a cheeseburger and here's a garment burger. Yeah. <laughs> They're all burgers. They're all burgers at the end. In the stomach, it's all mixed up anyway. Oh, you dear. Know. Anyway, let's move on from Z8 news. And actually give you some other Nikon news because there were a lot of things happening in the Nikon world, a part of Nikon's that they released. And the first one is actually the 1228 power zoom lens that they announced last month is finally started to ship worldwide. Yeah, so that should start to come into stock with within this coming week. And although we don't yet see that we're going to have an abundance of stock, at least over here in the UK, there should be enough to keep all the initial enthusiasts happy. No news yet on the Z30 12-28 to kit, which they brought out as a sort of special kit option for vloggers, but at least the lens will start to appear very soon. Now, we also had a ZFC camera firmware update, which came out mid last week, I think it was. It's version 1.40 now. All right. So what did they add, Becky? So they added support for the iOS version of NX Mobile Air. You have to use version 1.1.3 or later. They also added support for the MCN10 grip, which is great because they added support for that in the Z30. So why should they not in the ZFC? That's for all you vloggers out there. And then they added support for the power zoom feature available on some lenses, in this case, the 1228. And also focus point selection for self-portrait mode using MLL7 has been improved. So very similar updates to what we saw in the Z30 a few weeks ago. 
Finally, ML L7 is getting some love. <laughs> All right, so now in Europe and UK, you can start some summer promotions with lots of discounts on cameras and lenses and kits. That's right. There's over 50 products that have been included on that discount. And I believe the biggest saving is on the Z7 II 2470 kit, which is about 540 pounds. That's a really That's good a saving. massive saving. So if you don't need the Z8. Then you can have a look at the Z7 II. But there's also savings across most of the Z lenses, obviously not the ones that are hard to come by, but uh, most of your, your normal Z lenses. Pretty much all of the Z bodies, except Z8 and Z9, understandably. And then also savings on the D850, D780, and a few F-mount lenses as well. So if you were thinking of buying yourself a new Nikon, then there's no reason not to now. Go for it. Treat yourself. Spend some money. Spend some money with Crazy Westminster. All right, moving on. Amateur Photographer, which is UK magazine, one of the oldest photographic magazine in the world, had an interview with uh, Nikon executive KG Oishi about the day camera. But what's interesting bit came from it is actually Nikon saying that they will be potentially looking into introducing some video or as Amateur Photographer magazine put it, cine lenses. Yeah. The question was, when trying to attract a video audience, a challenge for Nikon is the lack of dedicated video lenses. There are a lot of companies, such as Sigma, making dedicated cine lenses, and it wouldn't take Nikon a very long time to create its own range. Now, the answer was that there are no specific lenses for shooting movies in the range right now, but the Z lineup has many lenses that have a very good feature set for video. We are looking at the possibility of introducing video-specific lenses based on market needs and currently studying this area mm. yeah and then they say well that mount format is closed for other manufacturers what are you going to do about them they say well we're actually opening up and we're in talks with manufacturers like sigma who is making senior lenses for other formats now basically a couple of things here so there's a difference between senior lenses and video lenses and if you look into comment sections under nick and rumors article there's a user nature talk and he says this. There's a difference between video lens and cine lens. Video lenses are good, quiet, possibly AF lenses with minimal breathing and high quality slash less variability. Cine lenses are generally manual. Zooms are often parfocal. The iris, zoom and focus are all geared and smooth with good throw. The glass is exceptional and lenses in a range are tight matched to ensure consistency. Front diameters are often standardized for matte boxes, marked with T-stops, not F-stops. A video lens doesn't necessarily mean a cine lens at all. So, for example, he says a Sigma 50-100 arc lens f1.8 is a video lens, and Sigma 50-100 T2 high-speed zoom is a cine version and costs a lot more. The same for Fuji lenses. They do make cine lenses for their cameras, but they cost a lot more. So I think what actually KG Oishi said, that we're going to make a video lenses. And if you look at Nikon Z lenses lineup, they actually design with video work in mind, and they definitely have minimal breathing. You know, it's something that actually is mentioned with all the feature sets of all the releases, but no one actually is paying attention to it. So I don't think we will see particularly cine lenses specifically. Mm. So with a manual focus, because yes, it requires a completely redesign, maybe rehousing of the lens. It's a completely new line. But the video lenses, like even looking at 1228, the recent release, 
It's a power zoom lens. It's specifically designed to use zoom ring from your snub bridge, let's say, or ML7, or some the different ways of use that. And you can also control the speed of zooming in and zooming out. So yeah, personally, I think the video lens is already here. They may release more power zooms. They may release something else. But in terms of original lenses available right now, they're already very good for video work. But senior lenses is probably not going to happen. There we go. Next up, Nikon received four 2023 IF Design Awards. For Nikon Z30, 400, 600, 800 lenses, as well as MC and 10 Grip also received that design award. So it seems like Nikon is going to design, not the ZA Grip design, but the rest is really good. And last up, Nikon created a, not last up really, it's not even halfway through. It's a last up and it's Nikon Financial, so technically it's a last up for a lot of people. It's the last bit that I will be talking about. Nikon new Nikon creator's camera bag has been released in Japan, which is very snazzy looking. So this seems to fit a body and a few lenses, possibly two bodies, a bunch of accessories. And it says the word creators on it. So therefore it must be cool. So if you're creators, you must own one. Pre-order one right now. Yeah. From Nikon Japan. Why not? All right, let's move on to Nikon Financials. Something that you've all been waiting for. You know, people love that we talk finances. I don't understand why, but but Me they neither. really want us to. So so let's get to it then. Can we do a, a Cliff Notes version? <laughs> we should do like a jingle. Nikon Financials. Do, 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 do. We've got them. <laughs> I don't know what we're doing. All right. So it's financial for the whole year. Yeah. So the year on year revenue was up. 88.5 billion now believe for them this is almost 2 billion down what they projected oh i but see it's still up okay up is up up is up know. so they thought they're going to get about maybe 91 they got 88.8 Okay. That's not too bad. It's not too bad, exactly. And uh, the revenue grew substantially in all segments, but precision equipment business apparently did it really, really well. And then in the imaging product business, revenue grew on higher ASP due to weaker yen and shift to mid high end models. Now, for some of you who don't know what ASP means, I'll Google it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Average selling price. We remember that every time and then every quarter we forget about it and Google it again. We don't use it enough in our day-to-day -day vocabulary, that's why. Exactly. All right. So what they also say is that operating profit increased by $5 billion as well. Profit grew in all segments, but precision business, again, is the best one. Notably, profit grew substantially in the imaging business and the healthcare business as well. Great. No. Well done for precision and healthcare. Exactly. They won. So, They're getting a pizza party. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone gets a slice. Now, in terms of imaging division, they said that Past procurement constraints were resolved. So basically supply of the parts and fancy, logistics of it. Fancy words for a really menial thing. It's so funny. Exactly. So logistics have been resolved, but also the market for digital cameras with interchangeable lenses, not film cameras, but apparently that market grew as well, which is good. People bought more cameras. Amazing. Therefore, Nikon actually made revenue of 48.9 billion year on year. So again, they forecasted 3 billion extra, but... Again, they still up. They're not down, if you see what I mean. So yes. also Nikon focus on mid to high-end cameras, targeting pro hobbyists and every selling price grew. So I think in this case, it's basically Z9 because officially Z8 hasn't been out at the time. It's still not out as a time of recording of this podcast. So it seems like they were selling Z6 and Z7 generation two cameras. Z9 came up and that price, the average selling price have moved up because suddenly the most expensive camera being three and a half thousand pounds, it's now five and a half thousand pounds. Indeed. Their revenue also grew from a weaker yen. So the fact that the yen was weaker meant good things for them. Yeah. We talked about the price increase last week in Japan. 
so they actually increase the prices. From what I've actually learned that even increased price in Japan for Nikon Z9 is still cheaper than Sony A1. So that's good to know. And Very important. Exactly. And since those cameras are made in Thailand, and it seems that according to Tom Hogan, that Nikon's probably looking at Thailand, but currency and it's more stable to dollar compared to yen so i think they're making profit there as well now let's look at the forecast so company total forecast for next year is 36.9 billion year on year the image and product business revenue to grow on increased sales volumes of mirrorless cameras <laughs> z8 are we gonna get more mirrorless cameras then well i think z8 is coming out right so that's going to be out this week so that's going to make some money i just hope know? that that is not the only thing that they bring out to hit those targets and they don't go oh we sold enough z8 now we don't need to bring out any more cameras well, for i think the rest they, of the year. in terms of cameras they mean models as well and when do you think the next model is going to be announced i think probably september like that's my guess i agree before that, Z8 is making money. Then whatever that camera comes out, they sh hopefully they don't overlap and they shouldn't really. So they both will make money. And Nikon been doing quite well with releasing Z mirrorless lenses for their yes. system. And in terms of this, I mean, we've seen, what, six lenses a year or so. And this year, we're still waiting for more lenses to come. So as long as they release the lenses and the cameras, what else do we need for imaging business? Now let's dive deep into actually imaging business forecasts. So what they say is they're expecting a contraction in entry-level models in the market for digital cameras. Well, obviously, because they've only got one camera and I wouldn't even really classify that as an entry-level camera. So the logic here, if you release less entry-level cameras... You'll see a collapse in entry-level cameras. <laughs> exactly. There's some contractions going to happen. So, but good logic, good logic, yeah. So Nikon will continue its focus on shifting towards mid-high-end cameras. Again, higher value, higher profit. They talked about this for years. Years and years. Then they say, expect increased sales volumes of mirrorless cameras and interchangeable lens for mirrorless cameras with the launch of new products such as Nikon Z8. They're also forecasting a lower operating profit. Why? Because the, the weaker yen is not going to, they don't think that the weaker yen is going to continue. Well, they're also talking about high expenses on the promotion. So I guess they're going to promote more, advertise more. Uh, you know, you're going to see a lot of um, influencers, maybe ads, you know, on TV, you name it. But what's interesting to me as well that they say expects an operation margin in the 15% range, which beats assumptions in our medium term management plan. So that should give you an idea what's the average margin they make on their products, so 15%. Okay. Yeah, so that's good. In terms of their major products, they have put their three newest releases, which is the Z8, the Z30, and the 1228 as their major products in the imaging sector. How do you think Z30 is doing? In the UK, I really don't think that it's a strong camera, but maybe we have fewer vloggers here. I don't know when I see vloggers around, I don't see them automatically going for Z30. Mm -hmm. Might have a bigger uptake in the Asian market and possibly also the American market, which as we know, are usually the bigger two markets over Europe for Nikon. Mm -hmm. So it's an interesting one that they've put that there as one of their major products, but Z30 and 1228 are on there. Z8 we would expect, but that could just be our also our slightly eclipsed view because Z8 is a camera that we would particularly um, do well in. Yeah. Based okay. on our clientele, our lovely customers. Absolutely. Now let's go to revenue breakdown. And uh, in terms of segments, so the imaging products are actually making 36% of overall income for Nikon. And in terms of sales by region, it seems that United States is leading at 25%. Then we have China at 21%, Japan at 20%, Europe at 17%, and combined others at 17%. 
There you go. Okay, so in terms of R&D expenditures, they forecast that they are going to spend 28% of their revenue on R&D for imaging products. Another 29% is going to precision equipment, 20% to corporate, etc. But the bit that we actually care about is the 28% for imaging products. So that's 28% of all of their revenue for R&D of new stuff. That's true. Let's go to sales figures. And in terms of this, the last quarter for Nikon, they sold less cameras and lenses compared to the previous period. But the previous period was Christmas effectively. So mm. we would expect Negan to sell more there. So in terms of sales, they sold 230,000 of interchangeable lens cameras. So we assume most of it is mirrorless. Then they sold 120,000 lenses and only 10,000 compact cameras. Cool picks. So that's very interesting. So Nikon is up. Nikon Imaging Division is doing really well and is basically the second best performance uh, division for Nikon at this moment. After the whole financial announcement, they published Q&A and we're just going to talk about Imaging Business Division again. First question that they had was, you have focused on selling mid-high-end models and raised profitability and expanded operating profit, but this fiscal year you expect profit to decline. Is there no further upside to earnings looking forward? They said under our strategy to shift to mid-high-end models and strengthen mirrorless cameras and lenses, we've increased average selling price and grown earnings. This fiscal year, we're assuming an increase in sales promotion expenses as the market normalizes and competition picks up. We're assuming that this fiscal year's operating margin will be in the 15% range, higher than our medium-term management plan assumptions due to higher average selling price and the lens tie ratio, which is the number of lenses you buy with the camera, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. They also ask, please share any factors outside foreign exchange rate, so yen exchange rate, that could cause business performance to beat or miss the plan. Uh, they said upside factors would include greater than expected progress in sales of the Z8 and continued momentum in the presently strong Chinese market, considering that it is 21% of... of pretty good, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Following the lifting of their COVID restrictions in China, meanwhile, downside factors would include the possibility of an economic slowdown in the US and Europe. Yeah, absolutely. you got to explore that new money side of things, isn't it? So you want to sell your cameras where people buy them. So why not? Mm -hmm. So basically what they said is we'll continue to raise prices per union. So to make our margins higher. And obviously because of the weekend, we have to do this. They also introduced new lenses to increase their adoption rate. That's normal. Uh, we look at SEPA numbers as well and the attachment rate of the lenses to cameras. So that's very interesting. And also they will increase their advertising the next 12 months as well to promote the sales. So it could be promotions. It could be advertisement on televisions you name it. So very interesting. Now they also released a progress report on medium-term management plan where they're saying that Z9 is performing really, really well, Becky. What a surprise. <laughs> on the Z9 specifically, they have said highest first-year sales volumes among all flagship models released in the past 15 years. Highest first-year sales. So they've sold essentially more Z9s in the first year than any other flagship body for the last 15 Pretty years. Pretty good, isn't it? That's amazing. They've also continued to evolve post-launch with firmware upgrades to enhance functionality, which we know yeah. about. We went, we went from version one to version three now, and people are expecting version four or version three point something to launch along the Nikon Z9. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Z9, they have commented on the Z8. They plan to introduce advanced Z9 features across the lineup, strengthen competitiveness of the Z mount system overall, and therefore we have a Z8 to kind of prove that concept into reality. Fantastic. Cool.
Yeah, cool, if, cool, you, cool. if you release good cameras, competitive cameras, then you will probably sell them as well, which is really good thinking from Nikon's part. So it's a good sign. And as far as their progress on their year one of their big plan, in terms of digital camera, interchangeable lens type progress, they've said the advanced selling price is up about 30%. Mirrorless cameras make up about 80% plus of sales. Yeah, so basically Z9 was... Five and a half thousand pounds camera, and then Z8 is four thousand pound camera. So yes, their both prices are higher than the previous flagship, which is Z7 Mark II, which was at three and a half. So that's that, and obviously, eighty percent mirrorless means that DSLRs are only selling twenty percent of the volume. Yeah, and if you look at the release of the D5 and the D6, the Z9 has, although it clearly states it there, we know from experience the Z9 has massively outsold those flagship bodies. We've never seen an uptake of a flagship body like this. D6 didn't sell well. Well, it came out right before COVID yeah. for an Olympic year that then didn't happen. Yeah. Um, so it was unfortunately timing. very un unlucky timing on that absolutely, one. Absolutely. Um, one thing that is really interesting is they said in terms of their interchangeable lens plans, they expanded their lineup for mirrorless cameras to 36 lenses. But the bit that we like is that they're planning to grow it to 50 plus in the year 2025. So which leaves us with 14 lenses to come. Mm -hmm. Between now and April 26, basically. Yeah, so if you're looking at, assuming let's say six lenses per year, mm -hmm. that gives us, yeah, so that, that gives us quite a few lenses Actually, to come this year. Seven, so, seven yeah. lenses a year, yeah. um, of which this year we've only had one. Did we get the 26 mil this year? So we've had two? We did 26, we did 85, we did 12, 28. Oh, three. So, and then we still have 7218 to come, 135 to come, and uh, 200 to 600, which is finally being rumored. Very exciting. So we've got some good lenses on their way. Absolutely. But tell us what you think in the comments below. Is Nikon making money or is it all doom and gloom as it was two years ago? Let us know in the comments below. A part of all this financial stuff, they also released um, stuff about the dividends, about the nominees for the directors. So if you like to go deep into that, and maybe if you're an investor, it may be worth reading that. We put all the links in the description under this video. So it's all there for you to explore in a plain corporate English. And if you decided to skip that last chapter of the video and are now joining us after the Z8 news straight into third party news. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, <laughs> it was a wild ride. You missed so much. Yes, there were <laughs> clowns, balloons and popcorn around. We shared even a pizza with Nick and Star. <laughs> we did. So first up for our third party news, Mikey mount adapter ETZ for Sony E-mount lenses to Nikon Z cameras has been announced again? Yeah, so that's another autofocus Sony to Nikon Z adapters. So that joins Megadap adapter that allows you to have autofocus of your Sony lenses. If you're thinking of jumping the ship and joining Nikon system, then you're welcome. And uh, it also will give you an exif data, which is nice, and will support a part of autofocus also vibration reduction on the sensor. There you go. Now, TT Artisan announced a new 100mm f2.8 2x ultra macro tilt shift full frame lens for the Nikon Z system. Or as I call it, a macro lens for Becky. Yeah, it's very exciting. So it's not just macro, it's tilt and shift. Can you imagine that? It's tilt shift, it's macro, it's full frame, it's Z mount. And it's only $349 as well, which is reasonable. Sign me up. Yes, uh, you're buying one? That's very exciting. Shall we reach out to TT Artisan? Let's do it. Yeah? I'll review it. Absolutely. 100%. The reproduction ratio is two to one. So for you very 
specific macro photographers out there if you need one-to-one -one reproduction you don't have it in this one but obviously it has other great benefits like 12 diaphragm blades closest focusing distance of 25 centimeters which is great on a 100 mil lens minimum aperture of f22 which is all good it is manual focus as are a lot of these things and it weighs about 850 grams roughly Interesting, and there's also, speaking of tilt and shift, so it's got plus minus eight degrees of tilt and shift, or six millimeter of tilt as well. So again, it's interesting to have a tilt and shift in the macro lens. So it sounds really good. So I think the flowers are going to look exceptional with this lens, mm -hmm. just based on that functionality. Now, Seven Arts is rumored to announce a 24 f1.4 DX lens for Nikon Z mount. So that's been rumored now. For some of you who are looking for wide aperture lenses, and Sigmas are just not good enough, then Seven Artisans probably will be cheaper as well. Then DxO Optics have added a profile for the 85 1.2 Z lens now. So if you use that software and you have an 85 1.2, you might want to check for updates. Absolutely. And let's move on to reviews. First one up is 17 28 f2.8 lens review for Nightscape and Astrophotography by Will Cheney. Fantastic. Next up, DC Watch had hands-on with the new Voigtlander 55F 1.2 F-mount lens that they've just brought out. It was a, it's a Google translated article, so do read it at your own risk. But what they say is that it was a fun lens to use after a long time. I want to attach it to all kinds of all the new Nikon SLRs and try it out its design, balance and usability. The Nocton 55 F 1.2 SL2S lens is a lens that takes into account all interfaces and can be used without compromising the functions of camera of each era. In a sense, Casino has achieved something that Nikon didn't. And it can be said that this is an exciting and unique product. Yeah, and I have to agree with that, actually. There is something really nice about the Voigtlander F-mount lenses in that they are 100% compatible with every F-mount camera from going all the way back to the Nikon F to a current day DSLR. You've got your electronic contacts as a possibility. You've got your electronic contacts so that you can, for example, shoot an aperture priority or program. Yeah. You've got all of that, but you can also then use them on these heritage cameras. Whereas with Nikon native lenses, you have to program in the non-CPU lens data. You have to remember to do it every time you attach your lens. True. You don't get program or, or um, shutter priority with those That's lenses. True. So you have to then go and find a little chip from Singapore and attach it. So effectively, you can use it on Nikon F, which is the first Nikon SLR camera, all the way up to Nikon Z8, which is coming out this week. With an FTZ adapter. With an FTZ adapter. So yeah. you, it can be used on all cameras, which is incredible achievement. I agree. So it all suddenly makes sense. Again, I mean, we said it many times. I just love what Casino does. I mean, they decide to release F-mount lens when no one dares to do this anymore in this day and age, you know. So yeah. they are turning out a fantastic Z glass lenses as well. I mean, we just did the comparison of 50mm f1 versus Nikon 50mm f1.2. And do look at this video as well. It's an incredible lens. It's one of those lenses where you say, yes, they're completely two different characters. Yeah. And you choose the character that you like. Exactly. We've had such interesting feedback as well on those two. Very some, polarizing, isn't it? Yeah. Some people have said, I love the 51.2Z so much more. And other people have said, gosh, I love the look that the Voigtlander produces. So it's good because they're different enough that you choose one for your own purposes. Exactly. And because we're all different, it's always good to have options, isn't it? That's right. Everybody is unique. Even you. And last up, we have Why I Ditched the Zoom, a prime lens for landscape photography by Nigel Danson. Yeah, he reviews the 85mm 1.8 S lens. And um, 
some people think, why would you use 85mm lens for landscape? And he tells you why exactly. And there you have it. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining us this week. Yes, thank you very much for watching and or listening. Please give us a like and subscribe if you're on YouTube. If you're listening on a podcast platform, give us a follow, a rating, a review, all of that good stuff. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Unlimited, as well as YouTube Music. If you listen to us on the podcast, then we're also available in video form on YouTube where there's a little channel that we run and we publish some reviews on lenses and cameras and we talk a lot about Z8 right now. That's right. You get all the pretty pictures as well for the podcast. So if you fell asleep during the Nikon Financials, you can see all the graphs on screen if you watch on YouTube. Um, you can also find us on the internet. We are currently on Instagram. I'm at Rebecca underscore Danese. The shop is at Nikon at Grays. And I'm at Conscient Kochkin. We publish the photographs that we've taken with the lenser that we review so if you want to see the samples of those definitely go there we will see you next week goodbye Bye -bye.